just press the mute. Thanks, Jackie. With us, and that is what we'll be talking about this morning. Um, it's actually good. I, you know, I was watching the, the carol sing last night, like I said, and I think it's actually good to. I've kind of missed singing carols this year. It's kind. Of, anyone else had that? It kind of not just our carols. I definitely missed that, but just kind of missed it. Sort of seemed like it. Christmas came really quickly. There wasn't this really big lead-in with Christmas carols, or maybe I'm not hanging around the shopping centres as much as I should be. That could be. It. But it was so good to be able to sing those carols and fix our eyes on the birth of our wonderful Saviour. There's a not-so-Christian song that you do hear a lot of the time. It says, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Do you know that song? You know, it goes on and lists the reason why it's the most wonderful time of the year. But seriously, for us as Christians, it really is the most wonderful time of the year. Perhaps for different reasons that are on that song. Because this Christmas, this is the fulcrum, this is and, and the anchor point of our faith. This moment, uh, just over 2,000 years ago, was a turning point for humanity. It really was where humanity turned, where a change, a, an amazing change took place. A promise uh, was fulfilled, a prophecy was fulfilled. God himself entered the world as a baby with a mission to bring hope, uh, to show us love to save us and to fill us with joy because of that. And we talked about that in some of the messages the last few weeks, that we're filled with joy because of the message, of, of, because of the love that God has had for, has for us. And filled with joy for the future. And, you know, when I think of joy for the future, it's probably also not something we talk about a lot at the moment, is it? You know, we're not, there's not a lot of joy around. There's not a lot of people sort of really joyful and anticipating this wonderful future with all that's going on in our world. And that's why it's critical for us to know that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And that's what Emmanuel means. God is with us. Not just God with us, God is with us in the original Hebrew. And that's really important for us to know. And for them back then, there was probably palpable relief. After 400 years, God really is with us. You know, can you imagine the shepherds and, and, and the, the wise men and, and the people around there? Maybe they'd begun to wonder as, a, as a, the people of God in that 400 years. Maybe they'd began to doubt. And the signs hadn't been great, had they? You know, God is with us, really? Look what's happening to us. Look what's around us. But they knew and they had heard wonderful stories of God's presence with his people. They were a people of they were a, they were a, you know a, a culture of stories. They'd heard and they knew these wonderful stories of God's presence with his people. And those stories were of God protecting them and, and guiding them and, and relating with them, showing them right from wrong. Uh, even correcting them and, and all of those things they knew in the stories. And they knew that Abraham was told in Genesis, don't be afraid, I will be with you. They also knew that Moses was told the same. And he was told to tell the people, I will be with you, do not fear. Because they were pretty afraid of the Egyptians. And then Joshua was told, we all know that Joshua thing, and I know the young adults had recently been studying Joshua. Joshua was told, I will be with you, be strong and 
courageous. I'm going to be with you. And they knew all these stories when the going got tough, when God's people struggled, when hope was waning. God reminded them time and time again that I'm with you and I will be with you. When they suffered, when they experienced pain, he reminded them that he was with them. He comforted them. When they were in exile, you know, and, and, and you know, God in the midst of exile would tell them, you are my people, I love you. And I am with you even now in exile. Through the prophets, through the kings, God communicated time and time again to his children, to his people. I am with you. I will be with you. When they strayed, when they disobeyed, usually causing back to God because he was with them. In our first reading in Isaiah, it's one of those times um, God's people had turned their backs on him again. Uh, they have a habit of doing that. Uh, the kingdoms were divided, the north and the southern and the northern kingdom uh, of God's people were divided. There was animosity, there was competition between brothers, there was attempts to overthrow each other. And they would use bad alliances to do that. They'd align themselves with some other king to, to kind of beat their own people in the northern kingdom or the, the southern kingdom. And these, these fights and the, these, these, these disagreements would lead to them looking for protection in other places than God. And they forgot that God said, I will be with you. It had become a constant and recurring mess and cycle of wars when we read Isaiah. In our reading, right where we're reading, there's this imminent war. There's, there's, um, there's one king that gets two other kings to gang up and, on the northern kingdom. And uh, those, these two other kings are not godly nations. They're not godly at all. And so there's an unholy alliance there. And the prophet Isaiah, God, I am with you. Do you see how God keeps telling his people, I am with you all the time? Isaiah himself had been told, he sent to sort it out. And that's what he's doing here. And then here is where they and we get a sign of how God is ultimately going to deal with this. And not just now, not just in this war or in this set of skirmishes, but once and for all, how God will ultimately deal with the sin, the division and the brokenness of the world. Because all this, the fighting and the disagreements and the skirmishes and all that sort of stuff, as we know, it's not just a God's people issue. It's, not just, it's just not left to those people that we read in the Bible about. It's humanity in action. It's how humans are. It's a humanity issue. This is how humans have worked and they do for and they do and they have done for generations. And God's now showing his hand. He himself would enter this mess and truly be with humanity. And this in Isaiah is where the word Emmanuel is used for the first time. Because this is going to be huge. This is going to be different. It'll be, you know, verse 14. It says, um, where are we in verse 14? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. It would be a miracle birth. Virgins would be a miracle birth. It would be supernatural. Now, perhaps this wasn't really, I'm thinking, it wasn't really so strange to them, considering all the stories. Because they were used to God doing miracles. But it did prove to them that this was going to be God in action. Because he was the one that did supernatural stuff. So it would be a miracle birth. And he would be called. 
And remember God had said to them time and time again also, I will not be far off. I will be there. And he goes on, this, 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 this saviour, this, this child, this, this son that will be born, he will know good from evil. He will know how to choose. He will know how to expose the evil and reveal the good. The enemy will be defeated. Now, when he says that, you know, when he says at the end here, the enemy will be defeated, they're probably thinking that's our enemy. You know, that's the two kings that are against us, or these are the people that are against us, the people that might be a threat. Little did they know of the scope of this prophecy. It was going to be way, way bigger than just them. And so God's message is time and time again, so stick with me. Stay, I'm with you. Stay with me. Remain in obedience to me. Live your life under my hand and under my guidance. Now, history, if you read it, and you don't have to read, you just need to turn the page in the Bible to read. Time and time again, that they didn't get the memo. Didn't get it. And so God would go on to remind his people. In the next prophet, Jeremiah, again, he would remind the people, I am with you. I will be with you. In exile, I will be with you. In Babylon, I will be with you. When nearby I had to rebuild, I will be with you. And then you jump to our second reading in Matthew. What does the angel say to Joseph? He's also, by the way, a citizen of a nation and a society and a world that's in trouble. They're under oppression. There's a lot going on. It's not an easy life there. There's a lot of fighting, a lot of challenge. The same old stuff's going on. What does the angel say? Don't fear. I know this is weird and all, you know, virgin and all that sort of stuff. He says, Joseph, but take Mary as your wife. She will bear a son and you'll call him Jesus. And then he quotes Isaiah. Imagine Joshua, wait, wait, that's familiar. I remember that out of those stories. I recognize that. Wow, this child that the angel's telling me about now, that Mary, my fiancé, is going to... This child is the fulfillment of that prophecy? Seriously? Because the angel goes on, it'll be a miracle birth. There's a virgin going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. Wait, Back then, it was going to be a miracle birth. So don't be afraid. It's supernatural. And then the angel goes on. He will save his people. Wait, that's that's the story. That's what happened back then. The enemy will be defeated. Not just the one in Isaiah back then and, and not even just the one now that you're living under, Joseph, or Rome. This is way, way bigger. And he will be God with us, Emmanuel. There were echoes all over the place for Joseph. He would have known these stories. And when the angel quoted Isaiah, it would have been just amazing for him to hear that. Can you imagine how you'd feel? All this is, and it's come down to me and my fiance? This would be huge because the people had lost hope. They were living in hard times. There was oppression, there was dislocation. They'd lost their identity pretty much and been scattered as God's people. They were a minority that was despised and they hadn't heard from God in 400 years. There was no hearing, I am with you. They'd heard it all the time. They hadn't heard anything for 400 years. 
So the question is, is he? Is he with us? Is he? You can imagine, can't you? They knew a Messiah was coming, or at least they'd heard, but after 400 years, you get a bit tired of waiting. You start to doubt. You start to disbelieve. Was that all just good stories that our parents and grandparents and great-parents, great-grandparents, got it, told us? Was it real? Because we haven't heard a thing. And things are tough here. But now Messiah is born. He hasn't forgotten us. Can you imagine Joseph? He hasn't forgotten us. Emmanuel, God is with us. This was enormous for people living in hard times. He would expose what was wrong and he would make things right. He would save his people and boy, did they need saving. They didn't understand how that was going to look. Story for another time. This was good news. Do you remember the shepherds? What did the the angel say? I bring you good news, the gospel. Good news of great joy for all people right down through the ages. This was good news. God is with us. He really, really is. And for us then, what about us? Is it good news for us? Is it good news? God is with us. Is that, is that good news? And you know, all good Christians will nod their head in a sermon like this. Of course it's good news. But is it really? Is it, is it good news? In Melbourne, in Australia, in our relatively peaceful and affluent society. We don't live in Isaiah's times, warring any Some do. We don't in Melbourne, Australia, but some do. We don't live in a time like Mary and Joseph either oppressed by Rome. But that's not true for everybody in the world. And there's even small signs of that in our own country, isn't there, in our own society. Well, the message of Christmas now, and that's why Christmas, celebrating Christmas is so important for us, to fix our eyes, to, to have ourselves focused on the good news of Jesus Christ that God is with us. God is, Jesus is with us. Emmanuel is with us. It's so much more. Christmas is so much more than family gatherings, gift giving, and that much desired break. They're all good things, by the way. Christmas is our reminder. You know, Joseph got the angel and, and Isaiah, the prophet, uh, spoke to, the, to, the, to, to God's people. But Christmas is our reminder that God is with us still. Now, he's still with us. Its significance would be much, much greater, much further reaching. He came to be with us right here in 2021, today too, with you. We don't live in a perfect world, at least I don't. So this is a message that I need to hear, that we need to hear. This is an an event that I need to celebrate, that we need to celebrate, because it's important. What about you? Do you need to know that Jesus is Emmanuel for you in your personal life? Do you need to know that in your own personal life that, that he... Did you need to hear? I'm with you. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe there's things going on in your life where you're thinking, oh, I don't know how this is going to work out. Do you need to hear Emmanuel? In your family. Some families are great. Some families are 
great some of the time and not so great others sometimes. Fam families are just not great. Do you need to hear in your family, Emmanuel? I'm with you. In your friends, in your social circle, in, in relationships that, that don't always go right. Do you need to hear, Emmanuel? I'm with you. For your future. I don't know what's ahead of me. I don't know what decision to make. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't even know what the future of my world is going to look like. Do you need to hear Emmanuel? Maybe struggling with your health. You know, things aren't working the way they used to. and You've had a diagnosis or things are not good in, with your health. Do you need to hear Emmanuel? I'm with you. A big decision coming up. Things you've got to decide. What am I going to do? How's this going to look? Or how to move forward? Do you need to hear, I'm with you, Emmanuel? Maybe you're afraid. Maybe there are fears that have gripped you. And there's plenty of that going around. Maybe you're afraid of the future. Maybe you're afraid of something. Do you need to hear in the midst of that fear, Emmanuel, I'm with you. With COVID, movements against faith and, and faith-based organizations, and, and it's becoming more difficult. There is beginning to be oppression in places. But Jesus' birth is a sign today. Jesus' birth is a sign for us that he is with us in all that. And what's more, it wasn't just then, he's with us always. I will be with you always, it says in Matthew 28, doesn't it? Till the... End of the age. He's with us right now. He's still Emmanuel today, not just for the 33 years he was on earth. In John we read how he stays. He, he indwells us as his Holy Spirit. So for us, Jesus is saying, I am with you. I'm Emmanuel in all those situations. So stick with me. Live in obedience to him. Follow his ways. You know, he spoke about them often, and, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. He reminds us how to follow his ways. We can count on his faithfulness all the way. And he will be Emmanuel right to the end. He was right at the start with Abraham, um, right at the beginning, even with Adam. He'll be Emmanuel right up to the end of the age. John could see it. If you read Revelation, there's this wonderful little scripture in Revelation. Let me read it to you. Where John says in Revelation 21 verse 3. And this is a picture. God, you know, I am with you. And I heard a loud voice from the throne. Who could that be but God? Saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. John saw it right at the end of the age. He still saw Emmanuel. I'm with you. That is really good news. The best part of Christmas is not the presence we receive, but it's the presence of God with us. Christmas is just a hint. You know, we celebrate, but it's just a hint, a foretaste of the celebration that God's family will enjoy together. Christmas means that God loved us so much that he came to live with us, to be Emmanuel, 
and to die for us so that we can live with him forever. So this Christmas, today, amidst all the other noise that's definitely going to happen, I, I guarantee, in your life in this next 24 hours or more, take a moment to remember with joy, with relief maybe, but definitely with confidence, Emmanuel, our God, is with us. He really, really is. Let's pray. God, thank you that you loved us so much to remind us time and time again that you're with us. And not just to tell us, but to show us. To show up when your people needed you. To show up when they needed guidance. To recognize when they were under stress. To recognize when they were struggling and suffering. Thank you that you reminded them again and again, I'm with you. And thank you for the ultimate gift in Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. That we celebrate the birth of your son Jesus today, God with us. And that we can look ahead in your word and we can see right to the end of the age that you remain Emmanuel. Lord, if there are those of us that need to know Emmanuel in an area of our life, would you come this Christmas in the form of that little baby Jesus and remind us that even in that, I'm with you. I will be with you. Lord, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for community. We thank you for family. We thank you for all of the things that we can stop and remember. Holy Spirit, remind us to take a few moments to stop and remember Emmanuel this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.